Making everyone happy on vacation isn't easy, but you know what is? Going to Aruba. All you have to do is walk out your door to find pristine pools, relaxing white sand beaches, and an island teeming with outdoor activities that'll put a smile on any face. You won't just feel great, you'll all feel great, filled with a calmer, more peaceful vibe that radiates Aruba's warmth. And the best part is, it never fades. That's the Aruba effect. Plan your family trip at aruba.com. Hi, this is Jimmy and Karen Evans with Marriage Today. This podcast is dedicated to equipping families with the teaching and tools they need to succeed. We hope you enjoy this episode and subscribe for more marriage building content. And today we're talking about the power of a praying couple. Karen, it's good to have you on the broadcast today. Thanks. It's good to be here. Well, you're you're a prayer, and uh, you you prayed very early in our marriage. Oh, you know, the first book I ever read was How to Pray for Your Husband. Really? Mm-hmm. Oh. <laughs> no wonder. <laughs> no, it is. It is so important, and you know. Yeah. Well, it is important, and um, it transforms your life. Uh, you know, when I first got saved and I received Christ, prayer to me was a religious obligation. Mm-hmm. Um, it wasn't uh, It wasn't relational. It wasn't something I really even wanted to do. In fact, one day I was praying and I thought, why do I have to pray? You know, if he loves me, why didn't he just give me what I need? Mm-hmm. You know, and but what I realized today is we have a relationship with God. But the other thing, Karen, is God never intended for us to be in a marriage without him. In the Garden of Eden, it wasn't Adam and Eve alone. It was Adam and Eve, and God lived with him. Mm-hmm. God's intent was that he was going to always be in the center of their relationship, and that was true until they rebelled against God. And so prayer has dramatically changed and improved our marriage in so many areas. But one of the things, Karen, Jesus says, if two on earth will agree together as touching anything that they will ask, I'll do it. And it's one of the most powerful things about prayer is coming into agreement. You know, not just coming, it's not just coming into an agreement with each other. It's coming into an agreement with God. The the reason that people fight is because they're stubborn and strong-willed. Mm-hmm. And when you have two strong-willed people just butting heads all the time, see, the way that you, that you resolve that is your two wills surrender to the will of God, and you pray and submit your marriage to God and ask for God's will to be done. Mm-hmm. I agree. Okay, so let's talk about, Karen, there are a couple of questions here that I want to read. Uh, Let me begin with um, the first one. Karen, how did you and Jimmy begin praying together? My husband feels awkward and thinks prayer is something we should do alone. Well, you know, 47 years later, I honestly can't remember the first time, but... I do. You do? Mm -hmm. That's so romantic. Yeah. Well, we were were fighting, and um, uh, you went to a Bible study without me. It was a couple's Bible study. Oh, yeah, I remember that But I, I didn't go because I was just being kind of a brat. Mm-hmm. Kind of? And Sarah <laughs> Key, who was the, her and her husband led the group, mm-hmm. uh, you went to the group that night and you said, uh, and she said, I've been praying for you and Jimmy, and the Lord, the Lord gave me a word for you guys. And uh, she said, I saw a lion's head roaring in your living room and it was trying to break you up mm-hmm. and you and Jimmy need to hold hands and pray and bind it in Jesus name so you came home from that Bible study and I'd been watching football or something you came in and you sat out in front of me and you said I need to tell you something and I said what you told me that story well I felt embarrassed I didn't I didn't know how to pray well first mm-hmm. of all I wouldn't I wasn't a professional then I am now <laughs> but 
uh, I didn't know how to pray, and I, I felt awkward. Mm -hmm. But when we held hands and prayed, and, and I just said, in Jesus' name, we bind you, we command you to leave our home, something immediately changed. And you know something? I couldn't remember why we were fighting. Mm -hmm. It was just, it was literally like a demonic spirit that was there to antagonize us toward each other. And Sarah had that word of knowledge. Well, that began then us praying together more regularly and more regularly. It transformed our lives. Remember when Jesus says, if two on earth will agree, aren't you glad that doesn't say three? Because mm -hmm. that would exclude married couples. Yeah. Every married couple, by just holding hands and agreeing in prayer, it shakes heaven. I mean, it, it is a big deal. And the promise there is, if you'll pray, God will hear your prayer. Well, I just remember, too, when we used to walk and pray, um, it was just such a, a wonderful thing because, you know, it gave so much security to know that we were praying for the kids, for us, for all the things that were going on. So, you know, if you want to build your marriage back up and, and it's not the best place, start praying together. That's right. You'll be shocked. Well, if you don't pray, you're going to worry. Mm -hmm. um, and if you worry, it's going to wear you out. You're going to fight. Yeah. And so prayer, it brings peace and comfort and unity. When you don't pray, it doesn't. One, one more question. My husband isn't a Christian. It feels like we're heading in two directions. How can I pray for him and make a difference in our relationship? Well, that's the thing. Prayer does work. And, you know, when you're trusting God and you're believing that he can change uh, the situation, he's going to change it. Yeah. And it may not be immediate. You know, you, it may, may be something that you're just going to have to wait on God for. But God does love your husband. Either, if he, even not being a Christian, he loves him. And he cares just as much as him for him as you do. And so... You know, you've got to trust God in the situation. And the scripture says that a wife can win her husband by her behavior. That's right. It's not, you know, us forcing them to do something. It's by us giving an example through behavior how a loving, kind, patient, you know, a godly woman acts. And, you know— Well, uh, well make Jesus attractive to your husband. When a Christian doesn't act well, why would anyone want that Jesus? Yeah. But if your husband's not a Christian and you love him uh, more than he deserves, you mm -hmm. treat him better than he deserves, that's 1 Peter 3 that you're referring to mm -hmm. that says that through your behavior you can change your husband. Well, and then there's another scripture that says that a husband is blessed if he's not a Christian, if his, if his wife is. That's 1 Corinthians 7. Yes, and yeah. so it's like, you know, get over the what we want as far as that and just start trusting God that he can do anything in your marriage. That's right. Well, we're going to go right now to the teaching uh, on this, the power of praying couple. And we hope that that's blessed you. We hope that you subscribe if you haven't already and that you'll leave a comment. But here's the teaching, the power of a praying couple. Dreaming of a better sleep? Tossing and turning is not your destiny. And Ollie is here to help. Ollie invites you to sink into sweet, sweet slumber to improve your mental and physical health and overall wellness. More than just melatonin, Ollie's ingredients help you unwind your mind for a delightfully dreamy drift off. Sleep is on the way at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. Praying together and trusting God. Now this is one that came very difficult for us as a couple, but it's the most important thing. If I had one thing to say to couples that would make your marriage good and keep it good, it's praying together and trusting God. Two promises 
that were given in scripture, many more than that, but we're gonna look at two promises that are given to couples. One is Matthew 18, where I ask you to turn there, verse 18, assuredly I say to you. Now when Jesus begins the statement by saying assuredly I say to you, what he's saying is this is a guaranteed statement. You take it to the bank, whatever you bind, the word bind means disallow, you don't allow it. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. If you don't allow it, I won't allow it. Okay, I'm gonna come in agreement with you. Whatever you loose on earth, the word loose means allow. Whatever you allow uh, on earth will be loosed in heaven. He says, I'm giving you the authority to bind and loose. Verse 19, again, he's re-emphasizing the point that he just made, but he's putting a phenomenal promise on it. I say to you, if two of you agree on earth concerning anything that they ask, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven for where two or three are gathered together in my name, I am there in the midst of them. So Jesus comes, now listen to me. In Luke 10, Jesus said, I give you authority over serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall by any means harm you. Anybody excited that we have absolute authority over Satan and every demon in hell? Anybody excited about that? It's worth zero value if you don't use it. It only works if you use it. Even though it's true, it's been imputed to us, it is imparted by faith. So we have total authority over Satan. So Jesus, again, is emphasizing this here, and he says, I'm telling you right now, take this to the bank. If you bind it, I'll honor that. If something is going wrong and, and you bind it, if Satan is attacking you in your home and you bind it, I'll honor that. But if you allow it, I'll honor that too. And so obviously what God wants us to do is bind the bad things and loose the good things. That, that's what he wants us to do. Okay. So he says, I'm telling you, if you bind it, I'll honor that. If you loose it, I'll honor that. Let me say this one more time, Jesus says. If two of you on earth would come into agreement and touch, and all that word touch means is you would uh, align your faith towards something that needs to happen. If two of you would come together and align your faith towards something that wants to happen, my Father will do it in heaven. For where two or three are gathered together in my name, that means to accomplish my purposes, I'm there in your midst. I want, I want to say something very, very clearly here. Okay, now, when Jesus says, if two of you would agree, that is the Greek word symphoneo, where we get our word symphony. Symphony means a lot of instruments that tune themselves to the same frequency. And it makes beautiful music. And Jesus says, if two of you, a husband and a wife, if two of you will synchronize your faith in agreement towards something, my Father will do it. Now, I want you to listen to me. God makes promises for two of us that he doesn't make for one person by themselves. You say, why? Because God doesn't want us by ourselves. He wants us to come together as couples, come together as families. The more we join our faith with other people, the more miracles God does. The devil's the one who wants us by ourselves. The wolf always goes for the stray sheep. The, the devil wants us isolated, off by ourselves, because that's where he can discourage us and just beat us to death. But if two of you, if two of you would agree, symphonize together in faith, I'll do it. For where two or three are gathered together for my purposes, I'm right there in the midst of you. So every married couple can claim this right here. Now I want you to listen. I, I was in a meeting this week and I heard a statement 
that I've never heard before that I agree with. Now, I want to I share it with you. I was in a meeting this week, and we were actually talking about Bible translation, worldwide Bible translation, and uh, one of the people that was present in this meeting said, the devil attacks at the point of unity. He kind of said it in passing. And I said, wait, 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 what did you say? Because he was talking about their experience because they're translating Bibles uh, into languages all over the world. And he said, no, the, the devil attacks at the point of unity. And when he said that, I just thought, I totally agree. For example, in Genesis 2, God made Adam and Eve one. They too should become one. The word one means perfect unity. In Genesis 3, Satan attacked. And Adam and Eve became divided. The Adam rejected Eve. They were separated, hiding behind fig leaves. Every time you see unity in the Bible, the devil will attack it. Listen to me. The devil attacks at the point of unity, but unity is how we overcome him. The unity of a husband and wife joining together in prayer, that's how you overcome the devil. Where two on earth come together, symphonize, and you agree together, you don't let the devil divide you. You don't let the devil attack you. You don't let the devil separate you. You come together as in agreement and you'll win every time. He attacks at the point of unity, but unity is how we overcome him. And by the way, you know where God has been working because there's unity there. You know where the devil's been working because there's division there. Emotional health is promised in Philippians 4 to people who pray. Okay, Philippians 4, be anxious for nothing. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Okay. So when you don't pray, you worry. If you're not a person of prayer, you're a worrier. Anxiety is another way to say it. Stress is another way to say it. Number one marriage killer on earth is stress. God didn't design us to, to, to operate with stress. Uh, stress is the number one reason for physical illness in America. Number one reason for doctor's office visits is stress. Number one reason for prescribed medications in America is stress. It is, an Ameri it is a, a marriage killer and it depletes us emotionally. The more you're under stress, the more it wears you out emotionally. Remember what I said, that love is an emotional commodity. So we need emotional health to love each other with, but stress robs us of the emotional energy to love each other, and it wears us out, and, and inevitably, we're going to start fighting. So here's what this says. Be anxious for nothing. Listen to me, listen to what I'm about to say. Anxiety is a choice, not a condition. You say, I'm a nervous person. No, you're not. You choose nervousness. So I've always been a nervous person. You chose it whether you realize it or not. Anxiety, stress, nervousness, the Bible would never command us to do something we couldn't do. And this says, be anxious for nothing. Can I give you some good news? You can live your life anxious for nothing. You can live your life without worry and without, it would, the Bible would never, ever command us to do something we couldn't do. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything with prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be known to God. So here's, here's the issue. So this is an ethic in our marriage. The ethic in our marriage is we're not gonna worry, we're gonna pray. 
And some people say, well, I don't know what to pray for. What are you worried about? I know you're worried about something. You're worried about money, you're worried about kids, you're worried about your health, you're worried about your parents, you're worried about your job, you're worried about this, that's your prayer list. What's your, when you're worrying, you're telling yourself you need to be praying because you're anxious because you're not praying. And so don't be anxious for anything, but in everything with prayer and supplication. Supplication just means fasting, Bible reading, agreeing with other people in prayer, adding to what you're praying for. With prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, what, what does that mean? Prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. It means I'm not praying, lobbing up a prayer, worrying about whether God's gonna answer it or not. When I'm praying, I'm saying, God, I thank you that you're hearing my prayer. I thank you that you're a father in heaven, that you love me and you care about me. And I thank you that you're going to answer this prayer just as surely as we pray it. With prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, with faith, with a declaration of faith, let your request be made known to God and the peace, the peace that passes all comprehension. What does that mean? You shouldn't be this peaceful. The average person in your circumstances would never be experiencing this kind of peace. It means you're either very godly or very stupid. You're either a very godly person walking in the supernatural peace of God or you're not smart enough to be worried. The peace that passes comprehension will guard your mind and your heart, your intellect, and your, this, is what, this is emotional health. Don't be anxious for anything. Don't let the devil worry you. Don't be worried about circumstances. You have a friend in heaven. With prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God and the peace. This is the promise. The peace of God, the unique supernatural peace of God that passes all comprehension will guard. The word guard there is the Greek word phrureo. It means a military guard that is stationed to keep the enemy out. The demon spirits of fear and anxiety, the demon spirits of division and assault on your marriage that come after you to worry you and to cause anxiety and fear. And there are demons and they are real and they want to ruin our marriages. They want to drive us crazy. They want to wear us out emotionally. And when we're walking in anxiety and fear and worry and all of that, we're, we're laying this promise on the table. So Karen and I, you know, over the years, I'll tell you a story in just a minute how we learned to pray together, but over the years, you know, we had, were human beings and we had every kind of issue that came against us. Early in our marriage, we worried. You know, we prayed a little bit individually, but we really didn't know how to pray that well anyway. But it was several years into our marriage before we prayed our first prayer together. In fact, I think it was about four years into our marriage before we prayed our first prayer together. It changed everything. And today we don't worry. We, we do not, one of the ethics in our home is we do not let anxiety into our home about anything. When, we, when there is the first hint of worry anxiety, we hold hands and we pray. And we bind and we loose and we agree and the peace of God is in our home because of that. And our emotional health and mental health is protected because of that. And our marriage flourishes because of that. And every single couple can have the same promise. Somebody say amen. It is something that we can all do. The promises of God are right there. But what I say is, you say, well, Jimmy, we don't do this. How do we do this? I believe that husbands should take the lead. And just in case husbands aren't motivated to take the lead, let me, let me give the husbands a little motivation here. 
One of my friends, Gary Rosberg, he and his wife Barb wrote a book called The Five Sex Needs of Men and Women. And they interviewed over a thousand couples and asked men, Christian men, Christian women, what are your sex needs? They vary completely. The five sex needs of men are completely different than the five sex needs of women. But one of the major sex needs of women is to pray together with their husband. When women are asked, what, what, is, what are your major sex needs? Women, Christian women, overwhelmingly said, I want my husband to pray with me. It makes them feel connected. It makes them feel unified. It makes them feel safe. And spiritual intimacy is the deepest intimacy that you can experience. And sexual intimacy is built upon the foundation of that kind of intimacy. So I'm saying to all the men, you ought to initiate praying with your wife. That doesn't motivate you. I can't help you. Just trying to help you out here. Okay. Okay. So find, you know, and find a time and a place for it. Karen and I used to walk in the mornings together for many years. We uh, don't do that as much anymore, but we have still have times that we pray together. Uh, we like to sit on the back porch at night and talk. And if there's anything in our family going on, that's the time that we, you know, pray together and in the car or just around the house or whatever. But find a time for it. And you know, you don't. Have, it doesn't have to be legalistic. But you should be praying together as a couple two or three times a week, especially if there's something going on that causes anxiety or stress. It really, really dramatically helps. Hey, this is Brent Evans with Exo Marriage, and I want to thank you for listening to the Marriage Today podcast. We believe your marriage has a 100% chance of success if you do it God's way. If you enjoyed today's teaching and want to keep learning, hey, subscribe to the Marriage Today podcast and take some time to leave us a review. Your reviews help us spread the word and can encourage someone else in need. For more great marriage content, check out exomarriage.com where you can see all of our marriage building resources, articles, and live events.